everything in business is a gamble. People generally buy people. It's genius! We want an education What you're thinking, can you get the buy-in? Buy-in, buy-in. You're listening to Forest FM, the salon business show with your host, Zoe Below Springer. For your industry, by your industry. More often than not, when we talk about traps to avoid in business, we'll often talk about not writing a business plan, not having enough cash to run the business, not investing enough time and resources into marketing, or getting the hiring wrong, getting the culture wrong, implementing complicated processes, not getting buy-in. The list goes on and we can make a full episode out of talking about traps to avoid in business. But what if we talked about communication and the absence of it? boundaries and the lack thereof. Because without those two things, I mean, don't even bother having a business plan or enough cash to run the business. You won't actually be able to run a successful business without communication and boundaries. And so on today's episode, we'll be talking about codependency and how it affects the way you lead, perhaps the way you hire, and how if you often feel confused, angry, overwhelmed, or hurt in your business, you might find value in looking into this topic further. Why? Because we often talk about codependency and codependent patterns in our personal relationships, but when it comes to the work environment, not so much. When it comes to business ownership, not so much. Yet, business involves interacting with people on a daily basis, and the patterns we have learned and default to in our personal relationships are likely those same patterns that will play out in business relationships. Codependency is about feeling you have control over everything around you instead of remembering that we only right control ourselves. And one of the most common kind of feelings that I've seen over the years with owners is stewing in resentment. If you're angry, then you have to look in the mirror. It's possible to not feel so on the defense every day. I want people to feel more joy. I want people to feel more in control of themselves. You do have a choice. You do have the ability to make decisions that ensure that you're taken care of and that your needs are taken care of and your wants are taken care of and your dreams are available to you. And I don't mean in a toxic positivity way, I mean in just living. On the show with me today is Chief Awesomeness Empower and Context Creator at Passion Squared, Nina L. Kovner. Passion Squared's coaching program exists to help salon owners, suite owners, and independent stylists gain clarity, eliminate confusion, chaos around how to create, build, grow, and empower creative passions and dreams, all of which is done with a focus on online and offline marketing as well as brand development. And Nina, well, they took the world of pro beauty by storm with their thoughtful attention to detail and never-ending tenacity. In 2009, after 26 years of conquering obstacles in a never-changing business landscape and helping to build one of the most recognized professional hair care brands in the world, they respectfully walked away from a career at the top to help small business owners and artists discover and live their purpose with passion and help empower their businesses through understanding the fundamentals of business, brand, and boundaries. 
So Nina, thank you so much for joining me on Forest FM. I'm so excited to have you on. We met in Seattle. You were ever so kind and lent me your computer so that I could do a presentation. Um, <laughs> so, and we hadn't really had the chance to chat all that much after. So this is like one of our first real conversations, um, obviously like on air and in, in like this specific kind of setting. I'm really excited and looking forward to this. Thank you so much for having me, Zoe. It's an honor. It's an honor to be here. <laughs> Stop. The pleasure's all mine. Now, when we had our recent catch-up to discuss this, uh, this specific episode, obviously, I could feel how passionate you were about, you know, this topic, about codependency and business, boundaries, how it affected your why, your brand, your business. And I had a bit of a light bulb moment. I don't know if you can remember, but I was like, I never thought about codependency in business. You know, I, I, I know what mm. it is in, you know, your personal life, but business, never really thought about it. So what I'd like to start off with today is just to make sure everyone's on the same page. How does codependency apply to business? And what are some of the typical ways that it manifests itself, particularly in salons and spas, of course? That is a really awesome question. And uh, to a few things I, I, I want to share b- before we get started. What, when, when I talk about codependency, when I talk about healthy boundaries, I am speaking from my own personal and professional experience over the last several decades. Um, I am a recovering codependent. So this is something that is in my purview every single day. I struggle as much as the next person. And, um, you know, I, I think that's one of the reasons that I'm, I'm so passionate about it is because I've worked so hard, um, to be able to heal myself in, in my codependency. And I also, as a coach and a leader, um, and a, a former executive in the, in the beauty industry, I, I really uh, just see it just permeating, you know, our 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 world, and and so uh, that really brought me to the last probably ten years of really talking about it, making it part of my business, um, and really helping people feel not so alone, and also feel not not feel so much angst. Mm. in their lives. So before we talk about anything specific, I want to make sure that folks understand boundaries and codependency and and kind of the intersection of them. And um, I was so um, privileged and honored to go to what I believe is one of the best treatment centers um, in the world back in 2007. And and the person that founded that treatment center, um, it, it has written probably still to this day the most important book on codependency, and it's called Facing Codependence, and the author is Pia Melody. Mm-hmm. And what what Pia says um, about codependence is, in our culture, many practices that have commonly been associated with normal parenting actually impair development and growth. This impairment can lead to developmental immaturity, or what I call codependence. She says, codependence core symptoms, difficulty experiencing appropriate levels of self-esteem, difficulty acknowledging and meeting our own wants and needs, difficulty setting functional boundaries. So that's where boundaries comes in. Difficulty owning our own reality 
and difficulty experiencing and expressing our own reality moderately. Mm -hmm. And when we look at just mental health and emotional development, what I learned and, and really the, why so many of us walk around with this struggle, whether we're aware of it or not, um, what I learned is that in, in those early years of, of, of childhood and, and developing as a human being, depending on our environment, what we were taught, any traumas that may have taken place, any addictions that may have started to develop at an early age, that tends to be the time when we no longer emotionally develop. We're physically developing, like we're chronologically developing, right? We're like 12 yeah. and then 13 and then 14. But our emotional development is stunted by trauma, addiction, all of those things. And so when someone says, which this happens a lot, just look at the internet today. When yeah. someone says, it seems like it's all children on the internet, like bickering, it's quite possible that it is children <laughs> from an emotional perspective, not yeah. from a physical perspective. So, so you have these grown bodies, these adult bodies that do not have the skills, the tools or the development to be able to have healthy connection, healthy relationships, healthy interactions, um, and when we look at the shaming, the TMI, the attention seeking, um, the, the manipulative behavior, all of that, those are boundary failures just popping off on, on a daily basis. So I, I, really, I, I really think if you take that just general thought yeah. and then we now walk into a business. We are bringing our peop ourselves into our business, right? So yeah. you could have someone that struggles with codependency as a leader of, of the business. And then you can have a team that, you know, has various, you know, struggles. So businesses are people, you know, and, and, and it's a, it's a collection collective of human beings, um, and thus, there are all those complications that we bring to the table. Mm -hmm. and, and again, this is not um, saying like maliciously or intentionally. It's, it's none of that. Many of us walk around not even knowing that that's what we're walking in the door with, right? So, yeah. so you know, this is, for, for anyone listening, I, I, I want to just let you know that you're awesome. You're doing the best you can. You are a perfectly imperfect, beautiful human being. And this is a lifelong journey. This is a lifelong journey. So some typical ways it can manifest itself in salons and spas. Well, I mean, where do we start? <laughs> right? Um, it, the, the, the term that's used often is people pleaser, right? Yeah. People pleasing is, is not, that's not an attribute. It's a sign of codependency. Um, and it leads to dysfunctional boundary systems. Um, but people pleasing could look like people pleasing could look like, well, I know that 
Zoe never washes the color bowls, but I just feel so bad because she just had car trouble on the way to work. And, you know, I mean, they're not that dirty and it's okay if we just use dirty bowls and, you know, Zoe, you know, like I just feel bad. I don't want to really like upset Zoe. And so I'm just going to let the bowls, dirty bowl stay in the sink. And mm. then I'm going to get resentful. And then I'm going to become passive aggressive. And then I'm going to wait a month for the team meeting to um, tell the entire team that the salon's a mess. It's dirty. And why doesn't everyone just clean up? And why is everyone so lazy? And why is everyone not washing the bowls? Now, you can just see that kind of pattern. Yeah. As opposed to, Zoe, I, you know, and I know that one of the agreements that we made as, as partners in this business is that we all make sure that taking care of our, our own tools um, before, during, and after each experience is critically important because one of our values is... Um, a healthy, safe, clean experience. You believe that, I believe that. And so anytime there is any type of dirt or whatever, um, we are really breaking that agreement and breaking that promise to each other as a team and to our clients. What is it that I can do to support you in ensuring that you can get those bowls clean every Mm. single day? And you're going to get such a different reaction because like the first scenario is just listening there. And I was like, I'd probably be really defensive because I'd probably know that, you know, it's being said to the whole team, but I probably know that it's aimed specifically at me. And the second scenario, it's less confrontational. It's just like, let's work together, make it happen. Let's work together because because we we have an agreement. Right. And yeah. So another example would be salon agreements. Right. Mm -hmm. Salon agreements. Um, usually a quote unquote employee handbook looks like a don't do this and don't do that. And, and it's like, whoa, that's, that kind of is not the most engaging documents and thus Mm -hmm. never, never adhered to or whatever. And when we think about building a culture, building a brand, it's really important to set that clearly set that the vision and values to ensure that they're shared. If, If we don't have shared values, we're done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So being clear on what what I call brand purpose, promise people, that's what we teach at Passion Squared, but vision, values, all of those things. What are our agreements? What does the experience look and feel like? How do we take care of each other? How do, how do we show respect? Mm-hmm. How do we communicate? And so, so much of just the basic people pleaser codependency vibe in in, in a salon. And I'm going back three decades to the first salon I worked at when I was in beauty school. And I mean, it, it was textbook. <laughs> it was so like, I mean, I think back and I'm like, Oh, that was that. And it was an awesome salon, by the way. I, I had the best experience ever. The mm. best. I loved it, but it was, it, it was toxic. And and so that that's just an example. Another example, which is a really simple one, a, a big boundary failure. Let me go through before I, let's talk about internal and external boundaries. So internal boundaries are thinking, feelings, and behavior, gossiping about a person, sharing secrets that aren't yours to share. Yeah. External boundaries would be physical space, touch, consent. So 
When we think about internal and external, I was just thinking of an external that happens often, which some people may be like, oh, that's not a big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. And that's taking something like taking someone's blow dryer without asking for permission. Mm, I've heard that often, actually. Yeah. Or tool, you know, it could be any tool like, oh, I just went into your drawer and grabbed your clips because I was out of them. Yeah, that is a big boundary violation. And so when we think about where codependency comes into that, so I'm the person that has the clips. Somebody comes and to me after and says, oh my gosh, I went into your drawer yesterday and, and, and um, borrowed your clips. I hope you don't mind. And then the codependent says, no, that's okay. Mm. But inside we feel this violate, it's a violation, Right. Yeah. And it's hard to like stand up to it if you are a people pleaser, because you're just like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to hurt That's this the codependent. person. Yeah. I don't want to hurt this person. So your needs are more important than mine. Your well-being is more important than mine. Mm-hmm. Your happiness is more important than mine because I don't feel worthy of having my needs met. I don't feel worthy of respect. Yeah. That's where the real work comes in. So another response, a healthy boundary, less codependent response would be like, Zoe, I, I, I appreciate you letting me know that you grab my clips. And of course I would always lend you my clips. Um, when you ask, all I ask is that you ask me first, not share with me after. I would really, really appreciate that. And I, I love you. Yeah. Which is a totally fair thing to say also. It's super fair, but the amount of, the amount of therapy that it can take to get to that point, that that's how big this is. This is so deep. This is so deep and it's usually very old again, childhood stuff, right? And the, the stuff we, we work on in therapy. So it, it, it sounds so, you know, simple, yet it is so, so difficult to do. Mm-hmm. One of the things that, that I talk about in my book, but also that my therapist has had me do since day one, and I've been working with this therapist since 2007, even today in difficult situations where I feel a codependency lapse, a vibe, a boundary violation, potential boundary violation coming up for me. I write everything down. I write it down. Like as like, in the situation, you write what's yes, happening? I, okay. I write what's happening and then I write how how I would like to respond to it. Mm. And in my book, I, I, I created those frameworks for folks. So like, um, so an example would be like the situation. Let me just grab one. Okay, here's one. Team member consistently breaks agreements. Agreement is a term that we use at Passion Squared instead of policy or contract. Agreement is a two-way action. It's, to me, just the language speaks more to a partnership than a king-boss situation. So the no-boundary response, the codependent response, would be to do nothing and just let them keep breaking the agreements. And if we really want to go all in, we'll make excuses for them. Well, you know, Nina had this and then they had this and then this. I know that they are gossiping and being hurtful, but you know, 
you don't know, you don't understand, you know, what they've been through. And I, I know that they come in late all the time and you just don't understand. It's like, ugh. You're trying to mellow out the situation, like mellow out your feelings. Making excuses, making excuses. So a healthy boundary response, be clear that the team member, first of all, understands the agreements. Ask them how they are doing, what is happening with them, and what type of support do they need? Because something could be happening. And, Mm -hmm. And that's why conversations are so important. Because if someone's coming in late all the time, Instead of assuming the worst, we want to dig deeper and we want to get curious and ask questions about what's maybe happening that's causing this. That's something that we can create a solution for. Yeah. We don't know that, right? Again, not making excuses for them, but digging deeper to find the root cause because late's not the issue. It's the what's behind that, right? Mm-hmm. What's behind that. If they ask for support, be clear on what you will provide. And of course, keep your promise. Ask them how they will ensure they can adhere to their part of the agreements. So here's the conversation. And these are, again, I, tons of these in, in, in the book. So before you begin the conversation, be sure you have consent and are in a safe, neutral space. This is important because we need to, in order to have a real healthy conversation, we need to make sure that both parties are first of all, consenting to the conversation mm-hmm. and that both parties feel safe. Th- an example of this would be like, you know, like a typical like desk where like I'm the boss and I sit in the big boss chair and then um, you're not the boss and you sit in the little, I'm not the boss chair. It's like, yeah, eh. you know, it's almost like when folks do consultations sitting down, right? Yeah. And yeah. getting on that eye level. It's, it's very similar. It's like, wh- how do we create a, disarming, you know, safe, comfortable space. So here's an idea. Here's, here's a conversation. Nina, I noticed you came in 15 minutes late three times last week. I wanted to check in and see what's happening and, and see how you're feeling. When you come in late, I make up that you're struggling with something and I feel disrespected. Mm -hmm. Okay. Here's Nina. I know it's just, there's so much happening at home and I didn't want to tell you because I don't want to be fired. I'm sorry. Okay. Nina, your wellness and happiness are a priority to me along with you adhering to our agreements. What can I do to support you in showing up on time? Nina, I guess just knowing that I can talk to you And, you know, that I'm doing my best not to bring my drama into work. Also, can I have next Wednesday off to take care of these things? Yeah. Okay, fair. You, you can always, always talk to me. I'm happy to, I'm happy to hear you're aware of the impact of your lateness and lack of communication. Yes, you can have next Wednesday off. I understand life happens. I also need to be clear that you understand if you come in late one more time, we must part ways, which would make me super sad. Do you understand that? Yes, I do. I really love it here. And I'm committed to showing up on time. And if for any reason I can't, I will communicate with you honestly and clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. We value you as a team member and we want you to be able to stay. Yeah. So that for many folks is not a natural conversation, which is why having frameworks, writing things down, getting clear. One one really important question to ask is what outcome are you seeking? Mm -hmm. Because if you really 
are seeking a healthy outcome, likely the response, the conversation, the reaction is going to be different than if we're projecting our resentment and anger. Yeah, 100%. And I, I like what you, you mentioned something in there that reminded me of um, Bernie Brown's, the story I'm making in my head is. Yes. Like we're, we're projecting what we're thinking is happening onto this person, but it's not necessarily the truth. It's our truth, but it's not necessarily the truth. Absolutely. And that actually, a lot, and a lot of that comes from um, Pia Melody from the treatment center that I went to. And it's a talking, mm. it's called talking boundary. And there's many different ways that you can set up the conversation. And Brene Brown talks about different talking boundaries. That's not the terminology she uses. She uses different yep. terminology. I believe it's in dare to lead. I believe it's in dare to lead, which is a phenomenal book. Um, it's, that is very difficult to speak that way. And when I was in treatment in 2007, we had to have all of our conversations with our family that way in our family week. And also in all of our, um, in all of our therapy sessions. And I just recently went back there in May, um, due to some depression and trauma and grief stuff and had to use it again. So even after all these years, it is still not, it just doesn't roll off the top of my tongue, you know? Yeah. That's why writing stuff down can be helpful for some folks. It's helpful for me, which is why I created those things. And I guess it gives you a bit more time to be less in a fight or flight kind yes. of reaction mode. You know, you get time to like analyze what's happening, yes. get, you understand your feelings better also. Um, I guess I wanted to, you alluded to something also earlier and I wanted to bring you back to that. Um, you mentioned how like the first salon you worked in was a great place. You really enjoyed it, but looking back on it, it was pretty toxic. It was like textbook codependent. How do you know if codependency is hurting the way you lead as an owner? Is there anything that you can ask yourself, any questions that can help you like self-identify and essentially just try to work on it? Well, I think the, the thing that comes to my mind first is walking on eggshells. Mm. Does it feel like I'm walking on eggshells? Which I don't know if that's like, that's a, a an American <laughs> terminology or if it's like a global walking. I don't know. It's in Canada as well. <laughs> I don't so. know if they say that yeah, in Canada. 100%. Yeah. Is it walking on eggshells? You know, like, like tiptoeing, like just, just so kind of in fear and in, in that fight or flight, um, uh, afraid of this person's reaction, afraid of that person's reaction, Afraid, afraid to discuss fundamental basic business things mm-hmm. like adhering to agreements, you know, um, or um, n- like a- literally everything. It could come in everything, making yeah. excuses for people, um, making excuses for mm-hmm. people, gossiping, um, passive aggressiveness, um, all, all of those things that as you can't, you, you can't lead. Leadership's about yeah. trust. Leadership's about trust, right? Leadership is about creating a safe, supportive environment for folks to flourish. That's a leader's role and responsibility. And 
when there is toxicity in the workplace, whether whether it's through gossip, mean person behavior, um, not allowing abusive client behavior, um, allowing people to take people's stuff, um, playing favorites. Um, there, literally everything that we see that kind of goes wrong, blaming and shaming, uh, blaming and shaming a lot, whether it's in team meetings, whether it's in the back room, um, it doesn't work. (laughs) It, it, it doesn't work. So I think one of the, one of the most common kind of feelings that I've seen over the years with, um, owners is stewing in resentment, resentment because they don't understand and they don't, they don't care. And they, 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 and it's like, okay. And you're the leader. You created this culture. You are responsible for the brand. You're responsible for the culture. You're responsible for hiring. You're responsible for training. You're responsible for growing, supporting, creating space to have your folks flourish. So if you're angry, then you have to look in the mirror. And and it's hard to do because we have ego. <laughs> yeah. We have pride. We have perfectionism. We have all of those things that it's really hard to step back and go, I created this. Yeah. The awesome news is, is yes. And you can recreate it. (laughs) You can recreate it. Yeah. So when you're coaching clients or even just getting information about, you know, their business, typically like we've talked about, you know, staff situations a lot just there, but are those boundaries the hardest ones to set for them or are the boundaries with clients harder? I don't know if one's harder than the other, uh, to be honest, because if you have, if you are codependent and mm-hmm. you struggle with boundaries, it's going to, it's going to affect all parts of your, all parts of your, of your life. A great example is in a lease based situation where you've got a, you have a landlord and a tenant and the tenant is, you know, the lessor and, you know, I don't know, like something could go sideways and it's like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to talk to them because I don't want them to leave. And I'm afraid they're, you know, I mean, it, it literally can be any situation. And again, this is pricing. This is booking agreements. This is social media stuff. This is, you know, everything saying yes to services and experiences that, you know, aren't right. You know, Literally everything we do, it can show up everywhere on all sides. And do you find that like, and I don't know if you know this, the answer to this, but do you find that when you think of codependent leaders, I guess, in the industry, you've, you know, got a wealth of experience in in the industry. Do you find that they tend to seek certain types of people to fill their teams? (laughs) I, you know, it's interesting. I have obviously zero data on this. I can only go based off, you know, what I've seen in my, in my time. Yeah. Um, in, in, in a way, yes. Yeah. Is it, is it conscious? Of course not. But here's why, here's why that works. So if I have 
a codependent leader and you have a super healthy, done a ton of inside work, has had privilege and resources of treatment and therapy, they're not going to put up with a codependent leader. Yeah. Right. And a healthy leader, if they can't get the codependent employee to grow up, you know, some things in order to, to contribute in a healthy functional way, then that's not going to work either. What typically happens is you just have a bunch of codependents <laughs> and you know, sometimes it works because there's going to be somebody that kind of like makes the shift. Hopefully it's the leader, you know, hopefully yeah. it's the leader because the leader, look, we have, our job is not to be therapists. And I know that people are like hairdressers are therapists. It's that's different. That's different. <laughs> that's not what we're talking about. Yes, you are. You are our confidants. We, all of those things. I'm talking about professional licensed therapist. Um, the, the, the thing is, is if all you need is like a couple folks that are like, I really like see the value in doing this work. And then depending on the culture, you could really turn on a lot of other folks to do the work. I know you can't do the work for, you know, you can't do the work for people. You can't demand that people do the work. However, your, you can, you set the tone for the culture. You set the vision and values. You set the agreements that folks agree to or not. You set all those things. So you can create a culture and agreements in, in that way. And so a person's either going to grow into that and agree to that, or they're not they're It's not going to work. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. What happens though? Like, okay, let's imagine for a second, I'm a codependent leader. I decide that I want to do the work. And I start doing the work and I show up to the salon and over time I realize that my team isn't reacting well to that. They don't want to be held accountable. Like it's just, they're not like, how, how do you manage expectations and, and communicating with your team? Um, like how, how do you go about, I'm sure you've had some salon owners or clients that you've worked with that have probably experienced this. So like, how do you manage or navigate this with them? That's a great, great question. And it's Mm. slow and steady, slow and steady. And of course it'll be, you know, different for, for different situations. However, there are cultural shifts happening all the time. Brand, you know, brand shifts, business model shifts. I think leading with clear communication, leading with open communication Um, those things are critically important. You can't just, this is where it, this is where it, it, it turns sour always. And this doesn't, doesn't even have to be this topic. It'd be any topic. So I'm the owner leader of the salon and I go to a convention and I get all excited about that. I heard someone speak and they said, we're going to do this. And I run into the salon and I'm like, salon meeting now and this is the way it's going to go and this is how we're going to start shampooing and this and it's like what that's not how how that that's not fair it's not fair it's not how to get buy-in it's not how to help people see value and in your shifts and changes so it's definitely something that has to be done carefully and has to be done clearly with open communication and some folks are going to be like, this is great. And some folks are going to be like, you know what? I hear you, but this isn't for me. You know, um, 
I would recommend for if that's really what you want to do, I would go back to Brene Brown's Dare to Lead is the guide. It's the guide. If you are really looking at a dramatic, dramatic shift, read Dare to Lead first before you do anything. (laughs) Really read it and do the work in it and do the work in it. I guess, like, I know you've shared so many examples already, um, but I, I wonder, like, how, do you have, like, any maybe one business codependency horror story that you could share? Like, you know, <laughs> just to, I guess, like, just to, you know, give it a picture of, like, you know, if you don't, if you don't do the work, this is actually what can happen. And, like, do you want to get all the way down to that point because it's your business. It's your baby. You know, I think honestly, my life is, is the cautionary tale. Um, my journey and experience is the cautionary tale. I wrote a book, the first book I wrote, follow your heart. I, I talked about how I decided to leave my most amazing 25 year career as an executive in the beauty industry. Um, I was content warning. Mm hmm mental illness, getting ready to be discussed. Um, I was a workaholic. I was a people pleaser. I was a codependent and I was suicidal. And that's how I ultimately decided to enter treatment in 2007 and two years later left my dream career. Um, I'm not saying everyone has to leave their career. I hope you don't. My situation is mine and, and just mine and you know the decisions I made are more complex than what I just shared. Point being is that a life, life is short. Yeah. Right. And to, to live in constant anxiety, to live in anger, to live in resentment, to live in low self-worth, to live in burnout and exhaustion, to live in feeling unworthy of, of your needs being met that is no life and that is no business. And that to me is the reason Hmm. there's help and there's there. It's possible to not feel so on the defense every day. And it can be in business and in life, you know, um, my, Oh, my vision and and dream always since I I began Passion Squared and since I started this journey myself personally, I want people to feel more joy. I want people to feel more in control of themselves because codependency is about feeling you have control over everything around you instead of remembering that we only right control ourselves and. Yeah. I want people to feel empowered. To me, that's empowerment. Empowerment is that you can wake up every day and hold your head high and and feel good and and feel joy, even in the tough times, even in the dark times, um, that you do have a choice, that you do have the ability to make decisions that um, ensure that you're, you're taken care of and that your needs are taken care of and your wants are taken care of. And your dreams are available to you. And I don't mean in a to- toxic positivity way. I mean, in just living. Yeah. Like eat, like eating food, you know, it's like, yeah, I, I didn't eat all day. You know, that same, that, I'm so tired of that narrative, mm-hmm. you know, but that right there is just a big red flashing light of like, and that is great. 
or that, that could, because if we don't eat consistently, especially for folks with anxiety, our blood sugar gets, gets unmanageable and that can spark more anxiety. Yeah. So you just, it's, it's literally so layered and so interconnected. And, um, and so it's like, this is to me freedom. This is empowerment. This is, this is the work that allows us to get there. And let me tell you something. And I hear this from our clients every day. You set one healthy boundary. You, you, you get courageous and barrel through one codependent lapse and moment. And you feel so great. <laughs> and you're like, oh my God. Oh my God. I did it. I did it. I did it. And it's like, okay. Yep. Yep. Excellent. Now remember that because you're going to get another one. It's coming. Something's coming. And I just want you to hold on to this feeling you have right now that you're like, I can do this. I can do this. Yeah. I can do this. And, and so, you know, the, the truth is, is that we all want everyone to love us. And the truth is that's never going to happen, you know, and, um, is, I I can want to read something because this is um, something that I wrote for a workshop that it's really super simple, but, but I think it's really important because I was thinking about kind of like how I, how I keep healthy boundaries, like in my, the forefront of my mind. And so I wrote this little um, note. I care about you. And I care about me. And in order to care for and about you, I need to ensure I feel safe. I'm clear on what I need and my needs are met and respected. I know I need to believe my needs are important and deserve respect before you will believe it. I understand it's my responsibility to show people how I want to be treated. I also understand that some folks will not like me and it's okay. I need to like me more than I need you to like me. But I still want you to like me, (laughs) but not in exchange for me not liking me. And that is my continued narrative. Anytime I get that feeling bubbling up that, and again, it happens all the time. You don't just wake up one day and you're like free from this. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I keep that one close because I'm like, okay, remember remember. So that's what helps me kind of, you know, navigate the, the decision-making process, the conversation process when I know it's time to take a step back or get some stuff down on paper, talk to my therapist or whatever. Mm. It's when I'm feeling like that pull, that codependency pull. Yeah. (laughs) So I guess just to recap what we've been talking about, all along now. And thank you for sharing all of this. It's been so informative and so like, I'm just hooked. I could talk about this with you for days, (laughs) honestly. Um, (laughs) What would be your biggest piece of advice for a self-identifying codependent owner or leader to start working on recovering from those patterns? Like, do you start with affirmations? Do you start with just writing down the situations? Like, where do you start? Because setting healthy boundaries is hard. Yeah, it's very hard. 
That's a great question. And I am always going to recommend if it's available and you have access, I'm always going to recommend speaking to a professional, just like our industry recommends speaking to a professional Mm -hmm. all the time. (laughs) Uh, When it comes to mental health, there are professionals, they're called therapists, psychiatrists and psychologists. Now, not everyone specializes in codependency. Of course, you would want to look for that. There are also 12-step meetings, Codependence Anonymous, that may be a good fit for some folks in certain markets. I really recommend some reading some books because it's, you know, I'm certainly not here to diagnose. I'm not qualified. I don't know. But sometimes reading books helps folks self-identify and then decide what path is right for them. So Facing Codependence by Pia Melody is, is to me the book mm-hmm. um, it, it, because she's the, she's one of the leaders of, of the entire situation of codependency. Um, Melody Beatty is another great author and um, she wrote Codependent No More and The Language of Letting Go to classic uh, codependency books, which I definitely recommend. The next one is The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown, because perfectionism is tied to codependency. And so The Gifts of Imperfection, I know I talked about Dare to Lead, that is specific to leadership. But if you are just starting on your codependency journey, obviously we have to start as individual people. So if you're going to go down that road, I would definitely do gifts of imperfection Mm -hmm. before dare to lead. If you're on the Brene Brown track, um, gifts of imperfection first dare to lead second. Now, of course, daring greatly is also awesome if you're an extra reader, but, um, gifts of imperfection is, it speaks so much to this. And then, of course, my book, my awesome AF Boundary book, which I wrote in 2019, um, that provides all those frameworks and scenarios, pricing to mask drama to showing up late to brands not wanting to pay you to, you know, all of it. Um, Lots of good conversations in there, personal conversations, professional conversations. Honestly, that's the place to start. I, I cannot, will not, would not um, pretend to know what someone's journey should be. And so I'm always going to say, um, seek professional help. Amazing. Well, I'll link, I'll mm. make sure to link all of those books in yeah. the show notes of today's episode. Um, but I did want to mention this and ask you if you were willing to share um, in your book, my awesome AF Boundary book, your preface is a love note to your 12 year old self. And I feel like this mm. could be like a nice way to wrap up today's conversation. Yeah. So if you wanted to, would you be willing yeah. to share what you wrote to yourself in that note? I will. I may get a little emo, but <laughs> yeah, for sure. Dear Nina, I know you are in a ton of pain. I know things seem so effing confusing and dark right now. I know all you want is to be seen, loved, accepted, and protected. I'm sorry you feel unsafe. I'm sorry your internal and external boundaries have been repeatedly violated. No kid should have to go through this shit. What I also know is you are going to have a pretty rough time growing up in a boundaryless environment. You are going to morph into whatever people want you to be. You will believe being perfect equals being loved. You are going to put others' needs ahead of your own. 
You are going to seek love and connection at all costs. You are going to try to fill gut-wrenching emptiness with addictions, obsessions, perfectionism, workaholism, and dangerous behavior. But Nina, I want you to know that I see you. I understand why you feel this way. I recognize how deeply you long to be loved and accepted for who you authentically are. I know how badly you have tried to find comfort and relief outside of yourself in people, places, and things. Please listen to me. It will get better. It will. But oh my God, are you going to have to dig effing deep? You are going to grow yourself up with the help of a ton of people who love you. And you just won't even believe how awesome your life is going to be. Your pain will become your purpose. Nina, please hang on. You matter. I love you. (sighs) Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that, honestly. (laughs) And I hope that folks listening can listen back to this and (laughs) if they relate, maybe they can write their own note to their 12-year-old self because I feel like that's a it's a cathartic thing to do. Um, it is. It yeah. is. And again, I, I, I will I will recommend getting the support of a professional because this stuff is very can be very triggering. And I, you know, I want to make sure that people are safe and protected in their process. Of course. Mm-hmm. Well, this, uh, I guess wraps up today's episode before you go before you go because i i didn't mention this at the very start but i do always have a deck of cards deck of thought starter questions um i shuffle it before before the interview and i just flip one on the go so um Mm. here's this one for you today when do you feel happiest oh that's a nice one when do i feel happiest <laughs> the natural thought when you are running a business is coming from a place of desperation to like drive performance and drive business, right? But giving staff feedback is hard, isn't it? Well, the process of empowering teams to reach their goals and targets just got that much easier. Celebrate having a competitive edge with Forest's new staff performance tool. Give your team access to key metrics like revenue and transactions for services, product retail, and client booking. The new performance report is a form of way power that you're giving them and saying like, here's information in your hands. It's 24-7 access to their KPIs, all from the Forest Go mobile app. Visit forest.com for more information. I would say that surrounded by love, mm-hmm. that could be in the form of faith and courage, my two doggies. Uh, that could be grabbing my first Americano in the morning. Um, <laughs> yeah. It could be walking through one of the forests in Oregon. Uh, you know, I, I think surrounded by comfort and love is when I would say I'm the happiest. Of course, also seeing uh, the, you know, others, when others feel joy, I feel, I feel happy for people's joy. So um, surrounded by love and joy, I would say is when I feel the happiest. That was a lot of. That's so lovely. Answers. I love that. 
<laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Um, Thank you, Zoe. Nina, this has been fantastic. I really, really appreciate your sharing. I appreciate your time. Um, obviously, I want to make sure that folks get a way to reach out to you if they want to have a chat with you or just give you feedback on this episode, maybe even relate to some, you know, stuff that they're going through. Um, so I know that obviously through Passion Squared, you coach salon owners, uh, suite owners and independent stylists, but you're also obviously we've mentioned this, an author and a podcast host yourself. So how can folks connect with you online? Where can they purchase your books and listen to your show? Uh, well, you can find uh, us at passionsquared.net on the web and at passionsquared on Instagram. People Passion Purpose Podcast is everywhere pod- you enjoy your podcast. Uh, yeah. And Facebook, of course, Passion Squared. But yeah, Passion Squared, Passion Squared everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Passion Squared everywhere. I'll put all those links in today's show notes. Thank you so much. This has been absolutely fantastic. Definitely one of my favorite conversations this year. So thank and you. And I say Zoe. this from the bottom of my heart. I Same. And I, I do really appreciate the opportunity to connect with you again and share um, one of my passions with your community. It, it truly is an honor. So thank you for the invitation. I'm very grateful. Thank you so much. I'm grateful for you too. I hope we speak to each other soon, sooner than, you know, three years yeah. from now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we will. We will. Perfect. Something Nina hasn't mentioned but is also available on passionsquared.net is Love Notes Daily. With this, you will wake up every morning with a message of empowerment and love to help you create the awesome business and life of your dreams. Um, These are crafted personally by Nina, delivered straight to your phone via text seven days a week. There is a membership fee. It's available for US and Canada cell phone numbers at the time. But if you are outside of North America, you can still sign up and and Instead of getting a text with the love notes, you'll get an email. So that's on the shop section of Passion Squared. It's also where you can find Nina's book, my awesome AF boundary book. And of course, tune into the People Passion Purpose podcast, a podcast for creative small business owners hosted by Nina, um, in which you'll be hearing the good, the bad and the ugly behind what it takes, how to persevere, the lessons learned and the wisdom gained from individuals who are in the trenches creating awesome businesses, brands, and lives. Now, in next week's episode, we're going to be talking about staff goals and inspiring your team, motivating performance. But in the meantime, if you are based out of Australia and are looking for an on-demand webinar to watch to catch up on, we have one just recently aired called Inspire Your Team, Targets That Spark and Motivate Performance. It was presented by Senior Coach at the Zing Project, Chrissy Alger. And in this session, Chrissy helps you understand what makes people feel both interested and capable of reaching their peak performance and provides you with ways to inspire staff to take ownership of their success. Your staff could have all the willpower in the world, but if you as a leader don't forge an understanding of the way, then you'll have a challenging time driving high performance. The link to sign up to watch this on-demand webinar will be in today's episode's show notes, so you can find it there. Um, And once again, it is Australian specific, but we will be talking about staff goals in the coming week. 
One last thing before the sign-off, don't forget to head over to forest.com forward slash FM and subscribe to the show's email newsletter, catch up on the transcripts. And as always, if you want to share your thoughts on the show or this episode specifically, you can send us an email at forestfm at forest.com or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. And on that note, catch you all next Monday. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z, Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Great music makes great moments. Forest FM, the Salon Owners Podcast, is brought to you by Forest Salon Software. Get your clients back in more often, spending more, and generating referrals. Let's grow.